Hello and welcome again to another episode of our program, Develop. It's our absolute honour and privilege to have your company as we commence a brand new series that is called God Commands the Blessing. God Commands the Blessing. And uh, it is our heart's prayer and desire to encourage you to perceive God in such a way that allows His blessing to flow through your life, your family, your work environments, your ministry environments, and the community where you belong. Uh, this uh, particular series uh, was birthed in my heart uh, approximately four or so months ago. I was preparing for the new year for our team and I spent uh, a whole night in worship. And usually when I spend uh, time in worship, I, I don't attend an Arabic church, so I, I love listening to Arabic songs. And uh, that brings my childhood and, and it's just something special special uh, happens in that. So I was listening to uh, tons of songs that night uh, and I often see God at, at, the, at the end of, of a previous year that He would give me a theme, uh, a view of, or, you know, a focus that He wants us uh, to emphasize in our ministry environments for the following year. And as I was listening to different songs, a particular song that I hadn't listened to for years uh, popped up uh, on my playlist uh, and I listened to it once. I listened to it twice. I listened to it three times. And to be absolutely honest, I think it was on repeat for over an hour or an hour and a half. God was speaking to me in such profound way uh, through this song. I found myself moved emotionally by it. And, uh, and the song, uh, in, in, in a nutshell, I actually tried to translate it to our team uh, several months ago, but it didn't sound as beautiful as it sounded in Arabic. So I'm not going to have a go at doing that because it's still so special and precious to me uh, in its, uh, the beauty of its original uh, language of composition. And uh, it basically say, it says, Lord, we long for your uh, blessing, command the blessing in our days. And, um, and whilst I uh, allowed the words, beautiful, beautiful words to wash over me in the space where I was at, uh, it began to, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, bring some questions in my mind. Uh, is this song something that I'm longing for, and uh, and I, and I simply just trying to to make uh, to make it as if God is speaking about next year through it? Uh, am I manufacturing God's whispers, or or uh, uh, why am I even asking God for a blessing? You know, I I was in a season where I had I had asked God to you know just I'm not entitled to anything, Lord. Do as you see fit, and I and. I, and I reduced all the uh, distraction that wanted me to pursue an elusive future of whatever that future may be in various areas of my life. But I had come to a point where I'm saying almost like not looking forward to a blessing. 
I had, I had diverted my attention from seeking something hopeful to just surviving uh, the responsibilities that I had. And I never intended that. Um, as, I, as I allowed the, the, the song to wash over me, I found myself doing two things. I, I looked at scripture to see where is that command, the blessing in our days come from? Like, is that even scriptural? And I found the scripture where these have come from. And accidentally, and I know you might think I'm making up a movie, but um, by the time um, late at night where I was about to finish off this worship session, I decided to, uh, to watch a, a sermon for one of my favorite uh, preachers and pastors. His name is Pastor uh, Chuck Swindoll in the USA. Um, he's in his uh, probably in his 80s now, and I wanted to listen to a sermon by him. I knew that in my spirit, but I didn't know what sermon to listen for. I typed his name in the YouTube list. Tons of sermons came up. I'm like, which one am I going to choose? I don't have all day. <laughs> so anyway, um, I went through the list. I went up again and I said, okay, I'm going to listen to the most recent one. And I, I, I didn't even know what exactly the the, the uh, title was, but it had nothing to do uh, with a blessing. It had something about a vision for the future or something like that. And it was about the story of Jabez from the Old Testament, which uh, affirmed to me as I will share with you today the same rhythm of uh, uh, expecting God's blessing. So my heart throughout this four-part series is to communicate aspects of that life of blessing that I feel God deposited in my heart that night and for the following few weeks thereafter as I researched uh, uh, even further through the scripture. So are you ready? I want to show you uh, that scripture that stood out to me and I want to share with you aspects of the story of Jabez that I heard and benefited from, from uh, Pastor uh, Chuck Swindoll's sermon and God has been talking to me in different ways about it as well. So let's start with the scripture that speaks directly about commanding the blessing and uh, I believe uh, this is from Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 8 it says the Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in, in all that you undertake and he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. It says the Lord will command the blessing. The Lord will command the blessing like he's gonna speak a decree of blessing over uh, God's people. And this obviously was in the chapter uh, of Deuteronomy 28, which is about uh, obedience to God and living according to His plan for their life. But it showed me that God's heart is to command the blessing over His people. So I asked myself, what does it take for me, for us as a team and for God-honoring believers to live that blessed life that God wants to command. I was very hesitant. I don't fully understand why till now, but I was very hesitant to entertain the idea that the next season, that the next year, that the next thought, God is actually wants to command. You know, imagine when God commands something. He commands the wind and its silence. He commands someone uh, to come out of the tomb 
and they listen. God's commands are, are irrevocable, are, are non, uh, there is, they don't have a capacity to, 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 uh, to be invalid. They absolutely accomplish everything God sends them to accomplish. So I began to think what's on the inside of me and what's on the inside of maybe other God-honoring believers that prevents us from adopting a, life, a blessed life, living with a mindset of, uh, of, of being blessed because God wants to command the blessing. And, and I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I, I felt a bit hesitant because for such a long time, I listened to and deeply maybe uh, wanted to um, separate myself from different people and different teachers and different preachers who take this idea of being blessed to an extreme, who almost uh, become uh, prosperity proclaimers. You know, we just speak about, you know, you're going to do this and you're going to get that. And God is, it's almost like God is sitting on the throne. All he's thinking about is, is how to bless me and to help me. And, and, and it's all about me, me, me. So deep inside of me, I was uh, reluctant to accept, uh, uh, you know, a, a balanced version of that blessing. I felt like I was skewed to the other side. And, and maybe you find yourself in a similar space. And I believe there is at least three things that prevent us from adopting mindset that God wants to bless us. The first one is perspective. Like for me, thinking about somebody talking about being blessed, you know, uh, health, wealth, and, you know, good fortune, uh, this idea of a perspective of what is a blessed life, uh, you know, can sometimes make us feel anxious to believe in that or for others, that's all they want. They think God's blessing is prosperity. It's the prosperity gospel uh, type of concept. Uh, but that can sometimes prevent us from experiencing a blessed life, either because we don't want to subscribe to this self-centered Christianity where God is our vending machine, or on the other hand, where we don't really care about God, but we just want His blessing. Both in the negative and the positive can prevent us from living with uh, that mindset of blessing. I think I think the second reason at times we fear to adopt a blessed mindset is that we fear that it won't come to pass. So we fear that we're going to set ourselves up for failure. I remember, uh, you know, going to examinations and when I go home and, and I'm asked, how did you go? I always downplayed my performance because I, and, and it wasn't necessarily very good anyway, but um, I, I realized I was uh, fearful that I set, up my, um, set myself up for failure when the results come about. And it seems to me at times, I don't want to expect God's blessing. And maybe the same thing happens with you or people you know, because we were too worried that we believe and we, we get disappointed. The last uh, uh, concept that has come to my mind, and it's by no means an exhaustive list, but uh, another reason, another barrier for accepting a blessed mindset is that we believe God is a conditional God. Uh, it's like we know all our human interactions are two-way streets. It's like we give, we take, we give, we take. It's, uh, it's proportionate to how much we give that we expect to receive. 
believe. And sometimes I imagine myself as like, why on earth would God bless my life? I, I don't think I deserve anything. And, uh, and, and that sense of, uh, of doubt and perception of God as a, as, as a conditional God can at times mess with my expectations. But that's when uh, I was blown away. Uh, you know, as I contemplate the simple prayer of Jabez in the Old Testament, because I believe there is a huge lesson to learn out of that. And that is our expectations determine our interpretations of life's experience. Our expectations, what we expect that colors the way we interpret life and we either say, you know, that's a blessed life or that's not blessed life. Uh, that That's a, a, you know, a past that's going to shape my future or that's a past that God can overwhelm with His goodness. And that's what I believe separate Jabez from others. He was more noble than other people around him because I think he had a different perspective, a different expectation of God that impacted the way that he interpreted life's experience, uh, envisaged uh, life to come and prayed as a result. And uh, I believe that each single one of us would have been in a similar situation. I don't know about you, but in my work experience, and uh, you know, see how professional I look there. Um, in my life's experience, I've encountered seasons where I interpreted life as a a, a potential curse or a challenge that was, you know, it's not a blessing. You know, obviously I thought of it in the negative sense, but in a positive sense, I didn't think it was a blessing. I recall when I uh, began my teaching degree and uh, uh, I, I was, uh, I did, you know, towards the end of the degree, you have to do some placement. Placement means you go for a couple of weeks to different schools and you observe teachers. And as you progress uh, in your degree, uh, you give more times of facilitating the, the lessons to the students that have been entrusted to your care in the presence of the original teacher of the class, uh, who is obviously an experienced teacher, and you're a student teacher, in a sense, being supervised and given feedback and support so you can grow your capacity as a teacher. And in my third placement, the first two placement I had were exceptionally encouraging. The third uh, placement, I had it in, a, in, a, in an environment uh, where uh, I was doing psychology and the teacher uh, that was there uh, met with me after the first session I facilitated and said to me, you know what, Peter? You have a really strong Indian accent. Obviously, he thought I was Indian. And, uh, and you don't actually, the kids don't actually understand you. Uh, I said, oh, really? Um, he said, yes, I don't think the kids understood your instructions. And I, I, would, I wouldn't imagine that you will be able to uh, overcome this limitation. Uh, and it's not likely that you'll be able to, to get a job in the teaching industry because that requires very effective and clear communication. I said to him, so what do you think I can do about it? Like I was so gutted. It was, we were standing in the balcony outside of the classroom and, and he looked me in the eyes. I 
kid you not, with the, uh, you know, the most straightforward face. And he said, I don't think he can do anything about it. And there and then I've got maybe a month or two before graduating uh, with a dream to, 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 to be a graduate teacher that finds work. And I, I had a sense, oh my goodness, I have no hope of, of actually uh, becoming a teacher. And, and, and it was a, a very confronting time uh, that, that almost set, I felt like God's blessing ran out because, uh, you know, the first couple of placements, I had such amazing feedback. God has given me favor in the sight of those supervisors. I was so enthused and encouraged that this is going to be an amazing uh, career opportunity. Uh, but then I felt, where are you, God, in this? Uh, this is a challenge beyond my ability to bear. Uh, my, 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 my hopeful career is now in ashes. And I'm sure that uh, our past experiences probably collide in, in, in that road of challenges where it feels like God's blessings have dried up. And we look to our past or our present experiences and we expect the future to repeat itself. We don't anticipate that something profoundly hopeful will come out of that. And if we had to interview Jabez from the Old Testament, well, he probably may have mentioned, could have mentioned the same thing. Look what he says. It says, Jabez was honorable above his brothers, but his mother named him Jabez, which is sorrow maker. Can you believe that? A guy's name. Every time, uh, if there was a classroom, he wouldn't have been in a classroom back then. But if there was a classroom and they're reading the role and they say Jabez and everybody's looking around, who's the sorrow person? Who's the sorrow maker? What is he going to, what, what, what problem the troublemaker is going to create today? You know, you're walking out in, the, in, in, in the recess time or lunchtime and you're going to play a basketball game and uh, the different captains selecting different players to say, I'm, I'm going to select Jabez. I don't think any courageous captain would select Jabez because he might create sorrow in the team. They, they are sure going to lose. Imagine imagine signing your name at the end of a contract. You know, you, you're buying your dream house and you write Jabez. You, you, you think as soon as you're going to settle on that house, the house is going to burn down because you're a sorrow maker. Imagine living with that guilt, with that uh, negativity with the expectation that whatever you touch is not going to turn to gold, is going to turn to ashes. That's the burden that Jabez uh, carried every day of his life. Why? Because of his past, because his mother bore him in pain. Maybe she had a painful pregnancy or maybe she had a painful birth, whatever it might be. This poor young man uh, had had a name that, that, that was labeled upon him for life, that whatever he was presented, he remembered that he's a sorrow maker. There's no hope in his future. And, and, and that very man shares an incredible brief prayer that blows my mind. Look at what he says. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain 
and God granted what he asked. Please, please read this prayer. First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10 and underline it and absorb it because no matter what the past has been, no matter what your current experiences might be, you know, it doesn't mean that you ignore the past. It doesn't mean that you become, uh, you know, inactive in helping out, collaborating with God in the present, but it does mean that it changes your perspective of your future and your expectations of what God can can do. Uh, it doesn't have to happen immediately. He's not, it's not a three-minute noodle. It's, it's not a vending machine. But look at his expectation. He says, the prayer says, oh, that you would bless me. I'm the person that brings pain. But now, God, would you please bless me? Would you do something different for my future? And would you enlarge my border? And would your hand be with me uh, that, and keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. I don't want to experience that pain again, God. I don't want to be the pain maker either. But God, I want a different future. And you know what this teaches me? That our prayer can can be a, a prayer for enlargement where I'm not stuck in my own little world so that I'm not living out based on past defeat. So I'm not just looking at my current circumstances and calculating, you know, what possibly could I conjure out of what my the best scenario of my current situation. Uh, Jabez looked at an enlargement of his border. That's the first aspect of the blessings is enlarge me beyond me. Just don't leave me where I am now. Do something profound in and through me. And then he says that your hand will be with me. That means the comfort of your presence in the midst of whatever I'm going through, God. I'm not just looking for something that would happen. I'm looking for an experience of your comfort in my life. And then finally, it says, protect me from evil. Protect me from evil. Don't allow evil to control and to write the script of my life. You see, Jabez' prayer said so much more about his God than about him. Jabez prayer viewed God in a way that he could look at his past and say, I acknowledge that. He can look at his persistent name in the present and recognize the reason he's in this season, but it didn't have to determine his future. He didn't allow his view of himself to shape his expectations of his future. Past pain and traumas did not necessarily impact his prayer, personal prayer for blessing. If anything, it's motivated him to believe for something greater. I wrote, despite his bleak past, Jabez believed for a bright future. Despite of his bleak past, he's not saying, oh God, change my name. He's not saying it changed my reputation. He's not saying change my past occurrences. I want to believe that you can bring a bright future despite of my bleak past. Your prayer and my prayer reveals our view of God's character, motivation and power. Don't, don't miss this. Your prayer actually is a revelation of what you view your God's motivation, your God's 
character, your God's heart towards you and obviously God's power. You know, when you say this prayer seems too, too big to believe, it seems too too lavish to embrace. Uh, this, this vision of the future seems too hard. It's impossible. And, and your prayer, the size of your prayer is determined by your size of your view, by the size of your God in your view and his motivation and his character and his power. What do you think of God's heart to bless you? I believe that's the real question that you and I must ask. What do you think of God's heart to bless you? Because your view of God's heart will determine your expectation of His blessing over your future, despite of your past and despite of your present. Your view of God will determine your future, your prayer for your future. So in the few minutes I have left, I'm going to list just several uh, passages in the scripture that help you to see some, something about the, the character of God and His desire and heart and motivation and power to bless His people. It starts with Genesis chapter 12 in the calling of Abraham, who is our father, the father of those who believe. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you, I'll make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Don't miss this. God will bless in order that we become a blessing. God will bless not so that you can be proud, not so that you could live a comfortable life, not so that you can be a bucket of blessing, but so you can be a channel of blessing for others. He has to enable you with a blessing so that you can be a blessing to others. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. From the very beginning, God wanted the families of the earth to be blessed. That's God's heart. He desires to bless His people from the very calling of Abraham. And then in Numbers chapter 6, this was a prayer that was offered on behalf of God's people, almost like a, a, every time they meet, they were blessed with this prayer. And uh, you probably have been familiar with the song that uh, has been inspired and stems uh, from this passage. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. You see, God allowed His people to hear this prayer because it's His heart to bless them. What would God order uh, the leaders, uh, his, his, his people's leaders to, 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 to repeatedly pronounce and proclaim a blessing if He has no reason, no heart, no plan to bless His people? That would not be the authentic God that we read about in the Scripture. Then we read that in Proverbs chapter 10, blessings, I love this, 
I love uh, this scripture. It says, blessings are on the head of the righteous. Like you, you can't do anything about it. It's stuck to the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Blessings. God uh, stored blessing. God brings blessing on the head of the righteous. In the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. That's, that's in the past. Blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing blessing in the heavenly place. You are already blessed. I am already blessed with every possible blessing because we're connected to the blessed one. We are united to the blessed one. The problem is not that we are not blessed. The problem is that we don't access our blessing. And then it says, and God is able in 2 Corinthians 9 to bless you what? abundantly that's his heart that's his motivation and that his ability that means his power so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work can you see the same rhythm you are blessed so you can bless it's not self-centered blessing is that you are blessed so you can bless so you could abound just as you are abundantly blessed you abound in doing well and in this context in giving others in need finally i want to share with you in isaiah 30 18 this is so beautiful verse i've been I've been contemplating this verse for several weeks. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, He will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for Him. The Lord longs to be gracious. You don't deserve it. It's not a conditional thing. Graciousness means God gives you what you don't deserve. And He longs to be gracious to you. Blessed are all who wait for Him. If only we have that mindset that throughout whatever going on in our lives, we say, you know what? The Lord longs to be gracious to me. I don't understand it, but the Lord is plotting for my blessing. You see, I would love if you would begin to have your own paraphrase of this sentence to encourage you during times of challenges. I may not know why this is happening, but I trust God is plotting my blessing. Imagine if you could every time in the midst of challenges, you say, I don't know why this is happening. I just simply can't explain it. I don't have to explain it away. I don't have to figure out a way, but I don't know why this is happening. But I trust God is plotting my blessing. God is doing something beneath that I can't see, but I can trust His motivation and His power that is able to bring a blessing out of nothing. You see, I want to share with you that that guy, that supervisor in my third teaching placement has set me up for an incredible career progression. You see, all I had in mind was for me to be a teacher. And what he did, he crushed my dream of being just a teacher. So when I thought, that I couldn't potentially be accepted in teaching. I, I thought I will be interviewed and people going to say, no, you can't speak. Nobody's going to understand you. See you later. I said I will save myself by getting into research, teaching research. So I applied for a master's in education. 
before even I got into uh, teaching. And believe it or not, I finished my master's. And, and as, as I was, um, by that time, I was able to research things about education in the church. And, uh, and it stimulated me to actually try to implement that in the church life. And as I got into ministry and left the teaching, I realized I need a a bit more ability and understanding of how adults develop. So I did another higher education degree after that. And uh, and I learned so much and, and God kept leading me through different paths and different research projects that today, the reason I do what I do today is because I wasn't just a teacher, but I uh, engaged in research. I engaged in research uh, that uh, supplemented my understanding of spirituality with the framework of how people develop. That very thing that he, the evil intended uh, for, for, for my ruin and that threatened my career as a teacher is the very, very step that God used to direct my path for 25 years or so now where, where, where that has become a blessing because God was plotting my blessing. I don't know at the time what was happening and maybe you don't know what's happening in your life today but I, I, I hope that you're able to say this. I may not know why this is happening but I trust God is plotting behind the scene plotting my blessing and this is our prayer and our declaration over you, that you would develop a blessed mindset, that you receive God's blessing over your life so that you can be a, a blessing to others, not a self-centered believer. And uh, in the next uh, few sessions, I will, I will help you discover some of the conditions that enable you to live that blessing because every promise has a premise. And I will share with you four conditions that will enable you to live uh, this blessed life. And it will be signs and indicators of this blessed life. We can't thank you enough for tuning in and, and, and blessing us with your company. We pray you're blessed and encouraged by God's Word. Until next episode, be utterly blessed. Thank you.